Hey y'all, this is Benny, the host of the Last Week at Podcast. Before we really get into this week's episode, I just wanted to say that it's been great fun for me and my co-host Mayank to use this podcast as a medium to chat with an incredible area of guests from all over the world on a variety of topics in the cricketing universe. For a couple of amateur podcasters, this is all possible due to Spotify for podcasters. And if you want to get in on this as well, here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. As added features, video podcasts are also now available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. So if you have an idea for a podcast, give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com podcasters to get started. Hello and welcome to The Last Wicket, a cricket podcast that much like the IPL 2022 uh, might might sound like it's going on just a little too long, uh, but can produce some good content from time to time. Uh, I'm your host, Benny, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mayank, and a very special guest. Uh, We have Amit Sinha himself, who runs a very popular random cricket photos that make me happy page on Facebook and Twitter. He's also known as the random cricket photos guy on Twitter. Uh, He shares a lot of photos of various cricket games and the stories behind it, but that's just scratching the surface because he runs a cricket podcast. He's into quizzing. He works as a content manager in digital media. He does commentary for IPL on some channels. And he's writing a book on MS Dhoni, co-authored by Joy Bhattacharya, that's coming out in July. So Amit, have have I missed anything here? In terms of the work that I do, part of it, but let it be like, uh, <laughs> as I said, yeah. Uh, the important part, of course, is, uh, you know, that I'm involved with cricket in certain ways. And I consider myself grateful for that. And uh, some of that is, of course, uh, me putting efforts like the podcast and the page and the others are, you know, work coming my way that allows me to be associated with cricket. But in all, uh, to be associated with cricket in some or the other way is, is a privilege, I feel, because of the love that I have for the game. And we're all, you know, really glad about the work that you're putting. And, you know, we're glad that you're involved in, in, in this way and putting out these content in all these different capacities. So, Amit, first of all, welcome welcome to The Last Wicked. Um I have to say, I probably have only started following you a few months ago. And what I thought was just, you know, like, oh, you would post, like like you say, uh, just random cricket photos from time to time. But whenever you share, you know, the stories behind it, and for me, a lot of them are incidents that I remember, but also at the same time, I didn't know the story behind it. And... That has been really fascinating, and that really enriches our, you know, knowledge and our understanding of the game. So I, I just want to know what 
what is your thought process? Like, how did you get into this in the first place? Like, what is your, there, there must be something in you, right. That made, makes you want to find out like the story behind the picture, the story behind the image, because image might be seen by a lot of people, but not everybody knows the story. So what is it about that, that drives you to find more information? A bit of a story there in the sense that, uh, I'll not take a lot of time in telling the story, but I was a big cricket lover right from the beginning, right from the time I could, you know, make sense of things. Uh, I was a big cricket lover. I would follow matches. I would watch test matches, like the entire days and all of that. Uh, but it was only when I came to college that I got into the world of cricket quizzing. And I realized, oh God, there is so much to the world of cricket than from what I know. And that's when I really got into reading of the game. And I just like went mad with, you know, reading literature around cricket. Maybe if I had given that amount of effort to uh, preparing for UPSC, I would have cleared it. But uh, that was the thing. I had to, because I not only had to win cricket quizzes, because, you know, that was a major matter of pride at that point. Uh, I also had to prepare a lot of quizzes. In fact, uh, I'm going to... Uh, put together a quiz this August, 21st August, uh, for this uh, sports quiz festival in Delhi called the Barefoot Qu- uh, Quiz Festival. So I do the cricket quiz there every year. It was uh, stopped because of the pandemic, but now it will resume. So I've been in that business of uh, being a quizzer as well as a quiz master. And when you are a quiz master, you have to say for a... And these are open quizzes, right? These are open quizzes held across the country. I have traveled to number of places to conduct quizzes in Mumbai, Bangalore, Kolkata, everywhere. And you have to put together some really hard questions because uh, anyone can, you know, come and participate. And, you know, you have had uh, Abhishek Mukherjee as one of your guests. Abhishek Mukherjee has been a participant in my quizzes. Gautam Bhimani has been a participant in my quizzes. And, you know, Joy Bhattacharya has been a participant in my quizzes. I have prepared quizzes for him. So these are big quizzes in terms of the kind of crowd they attract. And that's why you have to be really thorough with your research to put together a quiz. So that's something I did throughout my college years, like three years of college, two years of master's and a couple of years after that also. I mean, uh, there is no point of time in my life where I am not preparing a cricket quiz, right? So uh, the the effort began as preparing quizzes. I wanted to go in-depth because I wanted to frame questions, right? And, uh, but yeah, something very strange happened when after I started working in 2017, I somehow never got a chance to work in cricket. I've worked with FIFA Under-17 World Cup. I've worked in Pro Volleyball League. I've worked with Kabaddi and I'm, you know, working with now different sports. But cricket has never happened. So around 2018, I just, you know, randomly one day in office, I was just searching through, as I said, I'm always in that state of preparing a quiz. So I was searching photos and I found one interesting photo, which is of uh, uh, Fanny de Villiers, de Villiers being showed something by the, uh, no, he's showing something to the uh, crowd uh, in front of the umpire. It looks like, you know, it looks like a red card or something. And then I figured out what it is. I, I mean, it was an interesting photo. So I went into the depth of it, went to the story, what it is. 
and then I put it on my profile as random cricket photos that makes me happy. Hashtag random cricket photos that makes me happy. From that point, I started putting these photos, and then I realized, boss, there is so much that I've read, and uh, there are so many stories that I have already in my bank because you know of the quizzes and all. Why not tell them? So the research bit into all of this had been done years ago, and it was just about finding the photo and telling the story of it. And most of the times, you find. Very iconic photos, the Shakur Rana and Mike Gatting one you must have seen, right, from the nineteen eighty seven Faisalabad. Yeah. What is there that is not known about that photo, right? So, you, for me, the uh, that is the important question. What is it that I can tell that will interest my uh, readers? And most importantly, it's not about because I started from that quizzing uh, circle, right? Where quizzing arena, all these people are so well read that. you can't impress them with an ordinary fact you can't impress them with an ordinary question so for me also initially it was uh, a matter of being able to tell something that would make them also go wow right so coming back to the shakur rana uh, my getting photo everything is known about it what led to it you know what diplomatic uh, ties it affected and all of it but then there is an aspect from the eyes of the photographer what is the story of the photograph right and yeah i take some liberty to tell that story because uh, i mean you know the controversy and all that happened right they got into a fight towards the end of the day david capel was uh, uh, running towards mid on when uh, you know the bowler was bowling and that was all happening and tempers flared and that photo was taken where you know getting is doing this and uh, shakur rana is doing this. it makes for a great photograph right now the story is that Greg Morris the guy who has taken that photo so this was pretty much the end of that day you know that match ka uh, test day was ending so all the other photographers had packed up because they thought ki okay there is nothing happening but Greg Morris uh, he i mean the photographers they have a uh, you know some device which from which they can hear what is the chatter going on in the like because there is a mic uh, in the wickets so they can hear what the chatter is going on so he could hear on the radio that there is some chatter going on between you know like throughout the day there is some needling happening so he felt that i would rather wait for the you know players to leave and all because there is a possibility of something happening here because the tempers are flare, uh, you know flaring and then this incident happened and nobody else had the you know everyone had packed up they did not have the devices so nobody else took that photo he took that photo it's a grainy picture because it comes at the end of the day and you know how in subcontinent the light begins to fade and all that but it is such an iconic photo for uh, a verbal argument and yeah he uh, was the only one to take it graham morris and he has made a lot of money out of it because it has been used at so many places including for a beer ad So, oh. uh, so yeah, and oh. he and Mike Gatting often, uh, you know, whenever he meets Graham Morris, he asks him that, "Have you made another million out of that photo?" <laughs> so that's what that's. I found that story way more interesting than the one that has already been told. Like you know, the Shakur Rana Mike Gatting incident has been told enough times. So what is it that I can add new when it comes to the uh, storytelling? So that is the motive behind the entire exercise. It is fun for me. 
uh it is also again as we were discussing before the podcast began it is one way to remain associated with the game because i was not getting any jobs in cricket so i thought fine forget it i mean it uh, doesn't matter if cricket info doesn't hire me or cricket buzz doesn't hire me i would go on and i would just do something as an outlet to my love for the game and this began right. in that way it was something that i would do every day on my uh, profile and then some friends said that you know why don't you make it a more public thing and then i put it together in uh, the form of random cricket photos that make me happy and of course that made it a slightly more serious effort in the sense that i really wanted to uh, put together some stories that have not been heard largely before and those stories need to come out of real reading right not not just something that i can find on a website and because i know look right. there is a cricket info there is a cricket country there. so it's not that the stories are not there everyone but what is it like how deep can you go and tell a story that is my effort so that's what i enjoy doing and it has taken its own shape and form over the years so yeah that's the story right now and now it's random cricket photos that make a lot of people happy <laughs> hopefully you sharing them but you know when you were when you were talking about when you were just giving the example uh you know uh, of that incident in pakistan that that kind of just tells you there's so much context behind photos exactly. that we are so exactly. used to like yeah. for example when i think about cricket that i've followed since the late 90s right now it's been like 20 plus years now if i think of some let's let's take the 2001 india versus australia test series right hmm. i followed it live i watched it live i remember everything and we've talked about it over the years but now if 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 you mention 2001 india australia series my mind immediately just pulls up images right hmm. images that stick you know right. uh, harbhajan's that that appeal for his hat trick delivery or the last you know when uh, the third test when they're completing the final run i think it's summer digay and i think it was yeah, harbhajan actually thing, yeah and you know they're holding their arms aloft like so these are images now for someone who has not followed it followed the game live and they are hearing about this game and they're looking at the photo and they're like okay this is pretty like you know they it's a winning moment but they don't know the story behind it and what you're doing yeah. in in my you know humble assessment is that you're providing not just context you're going beyond it and you're providing more information which enriches our understanding of the game and i'm just curious in your endeavors whenever you do this how does that inform your understanding of the game how does that enhance your understanding of the game um and your enjoyment of the game it has really impacted my understanding of the game because as i said that uh, initially it was just about watching the game enjoying it as a form of entertainment but the deeper you go into anything and it could be anything right from metaphysics to uh, harry potter series the deeper you go into something you realize how vastly uh, interconnected it is to other things also right so that is the bit that fascinates me the most so uh, to give you an example 26th may 1999 there was i mean i don't know how much you guys follow football but uh, one of the most iconic matches of manchester united bayern munich playing right uh, the champions league uh, final 
where Bayern Munich is 1-0 up till the 90th minute. And uh, in the stoppage time, Manchester United comes back by scoring a couple of goals. It's an iconic match, very iconic match. Now, you would wonder, what? why am I talking about it here? Because one person who was watching it from his hotel room on 26th May and uh, he needed that inspiration from that match was Steve Waugh. And in, in his autobiography, Steve Waugh writes that, uh, you know, after watching that match, I realized that when there is a will, anything is possible. And I realized that I need to be part of something historic. And, uh, you know, it, it, it sort of galvanized him in so many ways. He, was, he said, I stood up for a minute and just tried to soak in what had happened. So, uh, and this was at a time when, uh, uh, you know, they had made a bad start to the tournament, uh, Australia. Lost to Pakistan, lost to New Zealand. And they were pretty much, you know, like languishing at the bottom of the table. And people were like, okay, this is not how Australia performs. And then they began to sort of, uh, after that match, particular match on 26th May, uh, Steve Waugh's men did not lose any match in the World Cup and going on to win the final uh, at Lords against Pakistan. So why, what, why I'm telling you about this is because these are the things that give you a kick, right? You know, there is the, the world of cricket is just not the world of cricket. It is so vastly interconnected. It is with so many right. other things. And, you know, we see so much action on the field, but what is it that goes beyond the field, right? I mean, uh, the one of the better stories is that of uh, of uh, Shane Vaughan and Adam Gilchrist. Played so many years together, right? From 1996 to 2007. Both were in the same side. But yet they never saw each other eye to eye. There were always, uh, you know, dispute among them and... Uh, Warren always felt slightly let down because Adam Gilchrist, of course, I mean, the story goes that, not the story, it's the fact that uh, 1999, Steve Waugh goes to uh, West Indies. He uh, drops Shane Warren. And uh, later that year, Adam Gilchrist has made the vice captain, right? So Shane Warren, who always harbored that desire to captain Australia, he does not get a chance to do it because, of course, uh, Cricket Australia takes that away because of all that he has done off the field but uh, he feels slightly uh, troubled by the fact that a new guy like Adam Gilchrist has made the vice captain and uh, 2003 World Cup again Adam Gilchrist says something you know when he gets banned for taking diuretics uh, Adam Gilchrist says something in the press conference which hurts him even more so it's such a you know on the field these two people are you know, he stands at uh, first lip. Gilchrist is the wicketkeeper. And he's all the time bowling with uh, Gilchrist uh, being the wicketkeeper. But there was this strained relationship, right? And and that puts in perspective what is happening in the foreground. You know, that makes you respect that right. even more. That, you know, these are people who... We see the Australian team of the 1990s and 2000s and we think, what champions, man. Especially me, because that was the time when I started following cricket. I was growing up watching that. But uh, when you realize, boss, that there is so much going on in the background. Michael Slater had his own uh, bipolar disorder. He had issues with, you know, off-life issues affecting in on-field performances. So much, so much going on, right? And... 
you realize that okay what we see as form of entertainment it's actually people fighting their inner demons and coming out best when it comes to you know uh, in in the in a team sport so it's much more than just sport so that is my understanding that you know the deeper you go into reading anything you realize that and especially with photos the what photos do is that they sort of freeze time they give you that time to sit down with them and try to understand what is happening if it is a video it tells the story itself if it is a photo right. it makes you ask questions that why is it happening this way you know why why is a certain uh, my getting pointing at sir shakur rana or you know uh, there is a photo of uh, dicky bird uh, from his last test in 1996 again when in england pay, played india he's uh, wiping off a tear right so you know it, it's not something that you see often right but again you have to understand what cricket meant to dicky bird to understand that photograph so that's what photos have done to me they have made me ask questions and they have made me go into the search for answers and uh, as a result of that my understanding of the game has not only developed but it also has uh, helped me understand the world better because you know mm. these are people i always saw as heroes but what my um, twist with this page or uh, going in depth into cricket research has done is that it has humanized them it has uh, told me a lot of stories and it has at many points of times they had these these are the people or these are the incidents that i have taken personally inspiration from so yeah it has completely changed my understanding of cricket i have grown way more empathetic now to cricketers because i know that uh, there is a life that they lead beyond the cricket field and uh, somewhere we do not respect it a lot we think of them as machines and we think of them as puppets like you know uh, circus jokers who we want to perform and they would perform and if they do not perform we jeer them we criticize them and all of that but no it doesn't work like that and to me especially not so as i said it has made me uh, more sensitive it has uh, made me realize that okay the game is much more than what is happening on the field and it has just connected it to the larger you know now i see all the things happening on a cricket field uh, it's as a microcosm to the bigger picture of life and the universe you know i'm glad that's the way you're processing it because i can see it easily go the other way too right because photos hold this magic right we we look at this photos these iconic photos and our mind you know automatically by default associates it with you know some really happy memory or some really great moment in the context of that game but if you you know in your capacity you go digging for more context and more you know tidbits and you may come across something that may i don't know kind of cause some sort of disenchantment and cynical like you could have seen that whole thing with between Adam Gilchrist and Shane Warne and been very cynical about how you know ch- champion cricketers as they may be they're probably not the best human beings and they're not ideal role models that's a different way you can go but you you just shown a different way to take that right where you're understanding a lot more about life life is not always just black and white there's a lot of gray yep. you don't always have to be in, uh, you know in sports you know you don't always have to be 
best friends with your teammates, right? Actually, it applies in work life too. You don't have to be best friends with your colleagues. As long as you're pulling towards a common goal, you're not actively impeding each other. Yeah. And you're making it work. That's what matters. So, and yeah, you realize, that... you realize over time. I mean, I'm talking again about the nine, like 90s and 2000s Australian cricket team, and I've read pretty much everyone's biography there. And you realize that probably uh, the bigger achievement of that team was not winning three World Cups. The bigger achievement was, you know, letting go of those personal ambitions and everything, and hmm. sticking together to win. the world cup that is the bigger story because you realize that there were so many things that were not right and people were not seeing eye to eye and you know michael bevan he wanted to be a test great but never got a chance and the odi greatness it was a bit of a burden on him because you know he was pigeon holed as an odi specialist and the uh, finisher <laughs> yeah the finisher it was he writes about it that uh, especially the match that he won against west indies uh, hitting four on the last ball new year's day match right in 1998 i think uh, so he says that you know it is considered the greatest night of my life but for me it also sort of sealed the deal it, i mean the selectors began looking at me as someone who does not have the technique for test because he is struggling against short ball but he is definitely a good finisher and uh, uh, that sealed the deal for him for the rest of his career which is quite sad like you know we think of that moment as the biggest moment and you know you see how cricket australia would every year on new year's day uh, push across that clip and show how great michael bevan was and all of that but what the like was typecast feel about it <laughs> yeah he was typecast he was pigeon holed and he you see his uh, first class statistics he has an he has a uh, he has an average of 57 which is not a, and a long career so this guy kept on trying to prove to the selectors that listen i have the skills to play uh, test cricket but somehow he got uh, pigeon holed as a limited over specialist so, and uh, we celebrated of course we keep talking about the great average that he had the finisher that michael bevan was but at the personal level it was not such a great thing a matter of pride for him so that's again a story right can you tell me because i wanted to talk to you about the research aspect of it because you know apart from the research that you do for the pictures you know all these photos themselves when you're writing a book you know like you are with joy bhattacharya there's a lot of work that goes into it right like to find out like let's say a different angle to something that people may have been exposed to so what is your approach when it comes to researching anything for your book or anything for the photos how do you go about finding this information finding information of course i think you know the internet uh since it has become much easier for people to find information on the internet they have also become lazier in finding information on the internet so they are not going to go deeper with their research they are very happy to you know uh, put across that information which is available on the first few pages of google but that's not how it is and uh, you have to realize and with regards to particular players especially upcoming players right i uh, you have to like i'm just telling you the process how i generally do my research right so what region this player is coming up from right uh say 
Anumran Malik. Okay, Umran Malik comes from Jammu. And what you have to do is you have to figure out what are the major websites or portals or news portals from that region. Because before anyone, before the big publications have done a story on him, they would have gotten to them, right? And try to get as early as possible in terms of, you know, in that stage when he's still young, when that cricketer has uh, just made his debut or something. Because that's the point when the story is being told. You are not going to tell, you know, how MS Zoni comes from Rachi and all of that in 2022. But if you're going to a story written in 2005, 2004, 2006, that's where people are digging that again and again, that, you know, how he played for Durga Sporting, how he was a football uh, goalkeeper earlier. So you have to figure out what is that region where he, that cricketer is coming from? What are some of the uh, publications that are active there, that are reliable there? And then you will have to f- uh, go in depth, finding what all stories have been done on that person. So the internet, I keep talking about it, how we, people think, Ki, nahi. Matlab, you know, the, there is Wikipedia, there is the usual sources, but you have to go beyond the usual sources, especially uh, in case of, you know, I, I do a lot of research around cricketers across the world. So you have to go into that local media, try to figure out what all was being talked about when he was making his, uh, you know, making a splash. So for a Chiteshwar Pujara, I don't know how many of you know that he made his test debut when on the fifth anniversary of his mom's passing away. He lost his mom at the age of 17, right? And and there's so many, there's so much to the Chiteshwar Pujara story. Uh, but you would not find them in uh, in the things that are written about him now when he has played 95 tests, you have to go back to a time and you have to dig so deep so that you find the initial articles. What are they talking about the man? What are they ta- talking about his background, his family, uh, his cricket? So that way you have to really dig deeper, but you will also have to, I mean, you know, go beyond those obvious, uh, the big websites, Crick Info, Crick Buzz. They will do a detailed account of the cricketer, of course, at one stage. But who are some of the people who spotted him first, whether they have written something or not. So that is the struggle. That is the research. But, you know, it's it's quite, uh, I would say it's quite addictive because it's it's almost like going down that rabbit hole. You want to keep on finding more and more. And also you want to verify every bit of information because that is, for me, very important. A lot of times, a lot of people say things that are, you know, even if it is coming from, say, uh, mouth of the horse, it is still untrue. It could still be untrue. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that photo that I was talking about, the Fanny de Villiers photo showing a red card, a red card to the crowd, he, he in his interview says that, you know, the I bowled a bouncer, the MCC people were not, uh, like, you know, impressed by the fact that I had bowled a bouncer and, and I'd appealed. So, they gave a bit of boost to me and then I decided... I took the red card from the umpire and showed it to the uh, MCC folks. So he talks of it as, you know, it's like a fun anecdote from his career. But I dug deeper and I I realized that it was not from a match played at Lord's. So it's a story that he has made up, (laughs) right? So yeah, that's what I'm saying. That a lot, it's not about finding the right stories. It's also about 
trying your best to verify them because a lot of people would say a lot of things for you know uh, spicier contexts and all but it might not always be true so as i said couple of steps first is dig deeper go to the roots of the personality and the second is try to verify everything that you can and uh, make sure that you know you do not take anything that has been said on face value be it by the person or about the person that's that's a great point because i was uh, recently as you were saying that i was thinking about the movie 83 and how in that at the end they've talked about uh, the the team manager himself yeah he, he himself has mentioned that he asked uh, the english journalist uh, to you know eat that uh, whatever wherever he had written it and i was like oh wow that's uh, that's brave of the man- manager to do that and turns out all of that is false it was somebody completely else who had a similar sounding name but he was not a not the team manager and yep. uh, that just blew my mind so i think that's another example of you know not taking the person that uh, face value and just verifying your facts absolutely absolutely so why is it important uh, amit that Uh, just uh, let me play the devil's advocate here for a second so in in my mind that's like a great story right like cinematic uh and yeah like it sounds like very poetic and all of that in, in the grand scheme of things it seems like it's trivial it's not a big deal okay it was someone else who you know probably said that why is that important though why is that distinction important about verifying and making sure It, we are ascribing things to the right people and the right situations the, the right incidents because truth is important right and you would not i mean again it's a small matter of untruth in a smaller context but uh, the point is that what if that untruth was about you what if something wrong was circulating about you and you know that mm-hmm. brings me to the entire dinesh karthik story that has been going around so much untruth is being spread and just because you know that personality that that individual has not opened up about it people are just weaving around stories to fulfill their uh, you know desires it's it's as stupid as uh, stupid right. as that right now so uh, of course why let facts come in the way of a good story but no uh, a good story should be based on truth and nothing else so whether it comes from the player whether it comes from anyone else if it is not true it should not be uh, given any importance fair enough so uh, this uh, very famous photo you must have seen of sunil gavaskar batting left handed to raghuram bhat from the 1983 uh, semi final against karnataka right uh, it's a very iconic photo of how sunil gavaskar decided to tackle his left arm spin by batting left handed right and he also has gone on to say on so many occasions that uh, i i only batted left handed that day because the t- pitch was turning and so much and now we have found accounts of him bat- having batting batted right handed also to the rambat on that day so again as i said that these things make for great storytelling and you know that's why that's how they travel so fast but at the end of the day if it is not true it's a bit of a uh, you know you are you are not doing justice to the listener to the reader who who is taking it on face value right who sort of trusts you to say the truth 
and not take you for a ride but you are being taken for a ride as a viewer as a cricket fan so no matter how juicy no matter how spicy the stories are if they are not true they are not true and they should not be told okay. uh, as if they are true stories like put an asterisk <laughs> i mean if, fair enough it's a very slippery st- slope to people you know taking a photo and making their own story you know that suits their narrative so that's very accurate yeah and i i feel like we could we could have a whole deeper life conversation about truth being important on the side but uh, but for today we'll we'll stick to cricket so so amit i you've shared some already shared some really wonderful anecdotes around some of the photos you've shared um is there one photo that you really like uh, i guess if i'm asking you to pick your top one one for men's cricket and one for women's cricket um Uh, the one story that stood out to me and and you know again i've not followed you for very long but when you know this the few months that i followed the one story that stood out to me was damon fleming and his uh, ability to bowl the last or his success in bowling the last over in the 96 and 99 world cup semifinals and i never thought like never connected the two the 99 semifinal i remember watching vividly and and all of that and still i didn't you know connect the dots so that's one that stood out to me but uh, share what uh, if there's one that uh, you know stands uh, right up there yeah this becomes a difficult question for me to answer which is uh, because i love stories i love stories and i love telling them and uh, it gets difficult to pick one but there is one that i'll pick and again i know when i put out a story i know which one will get a lot of traction which one will not and it has never impacted my telling of a story because there are so many black and white photos that i've put up i've i have completely understood that they are not getting a lot of attention but i wanted to tell the, that story so i've done that so one photo that i'll pick is again a similar photo which did not get a lot of attention and which has not uh, you know it does not have the superstars of the game so makes sense but at the same time it is my favorite photo for some of you know some very special reason so it's a photo of uh, it's from the 1993 1990 like when england toured uh, sorry when west indies toured england it was uh, i guess 91 or 93 and 91 yeah 91 so this is viv richards last tour so i'll tell you the action that has taken place the bowler has bowled and it's a fast bowler who has bowled and desmond hines is uh, batting and the ball somehow hits the stumps but the bales don't fall off right and you know the caribbean flavor their aura their style so what desmond hines does is he turns back takes off his helmet bows down and you know acts as if he's kissing the stumps to just to, to say thank you to the uh, stump right and that photo has been clicked by david munden a photographer now there's nothing beyond that in that photograph in terms of story because uh desmond hines got out much sooner and uh, the the match was not really something to speak about but uh, you see that moment right when you watch that moment in the video you realize that it happened so fast that how did someone have the ability to click that photo of him bowing down and uh, you know kissing almost kissing the stumps and that guy is someone called david munden who was a leg spinner for lancashire second 11 for a long time and you know even 
wanted to play cricket but that sort of never materialized so what happened then was that he took up photography and so many photos especially of the ashes and all so many special photographs of the ashes <clears throat> are taken by david david mandan he's an incredible photographer he was actually so so this is a photo when you you see this photo like wow this is you know especially when you see the video you realize that someone has to have really fast uh, reflexes to take this because you can't anticipate a moment like this right you know you do not know when would the batsman go down and kiss the stumps but uh, he had that presence of mind he had those reflexes several years later the same guy you know who was a fing who was a uh, wrist spinner leg spinner at one point and so good with his reflexes with the photograph having had a decade and a half career long career with uh, the camera he developed the parkinson's disease and he of course as a result of developing a parkinson's he could not take photograph because the hands would shake and uh, he passed away before he even turned 50 now when you look in the context of what happened in the match that photo is absolutely insignificant it's just a moment that was clicked by david mandan but years later when you realize that you know someone had such fast reflexes and great presence of mind to take a picture of a moment that just happened in a flash he would go on to develop a disease that would take him away take away his ability to capture photographs and uh, yeah he was uh, you know uh, like in 2018 he passed away before he turned 60 so that's that photo for me is special because it sort of tells that you know you think that the gifts that you have are going to last forever but no life can you know change suddenly it can hit you any time like a truck and so what you have be grateful for this and uh, we we make sure that you love it so much that when it goes away you have had a good time with it so that is my favorite photograph again as i said in i mean in the larger context of things a lot of people would say what is there in this photograph but for me as i said that uh, it's no more about photographs of what is happening on the cricket field but how is it connected to the larger story of life and for me this one especially uh, ticks that box and david mundin very interestingly also clicked photos when uh, Ben Holyoke made his debut against Australia scored 63 of 48 balls uh, in a you know blistering knock against Vaughn Megra and of course we both know Ben Holyoke also passed away uh, in 2001 so those photos of Ben Holyoke being clicked by David Mundin now when you look at them there is a certain haunting quality because both of them were very talented right. with whatever they did and uh, somehow of course life went in a direction they did not uh, foresee coming but yeah that's that's my favorite photo yeah that's uh, you know like your other stories there's a human touch to it and that's i guess what uh, makes it special it makes it a lot more than just the game um the one other thing that i'm curious to hear your opinion on and i ask this because you're a content manager um so i'm always curious about how teams as well as you know organizations are managing their social media how they're engaging 
And I think more than content manager, you're also a storyteller. So, you know, it's sort of what's the story of the team that they're trying to share. Uh, And I feel like there's a wide variety in terms of how teams are doing it. So uh, in the IPL or Cricket Australia, for example, they share a lot of videos, they share a lot of content, keep users constantly engaged while you have BCCI, which on occasions has been known to do a pretty ordinary job, especially in terms of women's cricket. Um, so do you think there's um, sort of maturity to come in that aspect? And it's, it's going to be a while before we see quality content throughout? From BCCI, of course, there is going to be some time before it happens. Uh, but yeah, look, again, it depends on a number of factors. And that's something that I've realized now that I work in this uh, industry. And so much depends on so many factors that you cannot control say i'm working with an ipl team for a two month period right because this is a two say three months to build up or you know from the auctions time which happened on 12th february to now it is may but what if that ipl team has not been able to win right i'm not giving you uh, hints about which team i've i've worked with but if that team has not won in all these years they have not been able to develop a fan base right And uh, that will always be a major factor because what you are trying to do is, you know, you are basically you in in, if you like uh, put that in physical context, what we do in social media is we are the ones with the loudspeaker and we are asking people to, you know, make some noise, right? What we do on social media is to get them shouting, talking, conversing about our team. But what if that team has not been able to develop a fan base? So no matter how loud you are on that loudspeaker, what matters is the number of people there to make that noise, right? So that's always a problem. And that's why we see that, okay, Cricket Australia, Indian team, these uh, handles too well because they already have so many people following the game. But it becomes a problem for IPL teams. uh, And then there are problems of, you know, uh, not just about fans, but how does the team perform over the season? So, when a team is not performing well, there is not going to be a lot of content that the coach will allow you to develop with players, right? So, those are also factors that you have to take into account. That, say, uh, a team has lost eight matches in a row. How would you expect them to come up and do some, you know, cool things on video but the the teams uh, the the fans want that right fans want some fun content and you know for numbers we also have to do some fun content but the challenge is how do you get the team to do it when they are not uh, you know in that state so it is not easy uh, in terms of uh, getting people to do what they generally would not do right and especially in context of you know, so many defeats and all of that. But yeah, when the team is winning, it's great. Your content is going on, coming, and the fans are happy. But if the team is winning and losing, winning and losing, it results in a certain sense of frustration develop among the fans. They would definitely take out, you know, as in that's a thing with social media. We might be the, <laughs> we might be the ones with the loudspeaker, but they will come back with the pointed abuses. So, if, if it's a team that is not performing well, we cop a lot of abuse. 
and that has an impact no matter you know whether it is uh, an abuse directed to a team or a player the person who is handling that account he has to read all of it so that has an impact and that has an impact on how yeah. he or she decides to you know put across any piece of information so we have to be very sure that you know yaar ispe galiyan nahi aani chahiye right uh sometimes if a player has not done well right if a, if a player has got a particular pasting at the hands of a particular batsman uh we are not supposed to do any content regarding him because you know you just put that name and people would fill your uh, social right. media with abuses for that player so yeah. we have to prevent our players also we have to portray them as heroes also we have to humanize also we have to tell their stories also so it becomes quite challenging and uh, i mean again i do not know what is the best way or not but yeah any any social media that humanizes its uh, athletes i think that is doing a great job because you know you would support a player if you know his story if you know his struggles uh a certain teen atrajan of course he's a brilliant bowler but once his story got viral and his story of hardships and struggle people realized okay you know that this is a man who has had so many struggles it would be nice to see him do well on the field and that's what got him a lot of uh, fans as well as the team that he was playing for so right. storytelling thus becomes important so you have to establish a connection between the player and the fans the statistics won't do it the uh, whatever is done on the field won't do it as as content managers as social media managers our job is to you know tell a story and portray them a certain way but still again keep talking the truth let them let people know who they are for them to develop a connect with them so those are some of the challenges that we face and not easy but it's fun you also get to control or shape the narrative though right as content manager like for for example chennai super kings haven't had the greatest of seasons but one thing they do is they emphasize the bonding between the teammates and to emphasize yes we're going through a low point at the moment but we're still sticking together we're still supporting each other they don't necessarily produce like fun content like you know the royals or you know most other teams they they emphasize they their usp for for csk is the home the homeliness of it all like they're very down to earth yeah. they're just very close to each other like they're really like friends more than just teammates and that's something that's actually worked well for them over the years regardless of their performance on the field so i feel like you know that's all because of the way that csk controls or shapes the narrative and i i wonder if that's something that other teams can also you know learn from so when it comes to the ipl every team of course you know there is a certain uh, archetype that they follow how they want to portray themselves as right and uh, the rajasthan royals especially you know they are the more popular people on social media despite however the team has performed right it hasn't won anything since 2008 and moreover like if it like uh, rajasthan does not have a huge fan base but their social media has realized that we can still make a noise by being the 
jesters you know they are they are the funny people they know that uh, what they are doing are slightly clownish things uh, but that gets their team attention that gets them numbers and that works for them so every team has developed a a certain uh, archetype as i say uh, and they want to portray themselves that way and of course them developing that archetype that uh, image has got a has got a lot to do with how they have performed over the years say if chennai was in place of bangalore which has not won anything over the 15 years i'm sure their sto- their uh, story on social media would have looked much different so that's what i'm saying that all these factors keep on affecting how teams portray uh, themselves on social media and all of it is a well thought out uh, decision you know it's not like okay today we'll act like this today we'll everything has to fall within a certain uh, guideline within a certain framework that has been predecided so that you know you're pretty correct in analyzing that chennai does not do a lot of fun content because that is the nature of the team it is a no frills team it it is very focused on its cricket it is very focused on the ties between the players and the way uh, you know the players are treated and like chennai has one of the best uh, you know dressing room atmospheres in terms of how the players are taken care of right and that reflects in what they do on social media also so how the dressing room is how the franchise is how the team is how the fans are all of that affects the uh, narrative that the social social media of all these teams or you know franchises try to put out there yeah and and the one aspect i really loved about your answer was the human connection uh so as an example i i don't watch a lot of ipl and uh i definitely don't follow you know the content that the teams produce uh very religiously but in the last week for example i noted that uh, video of rcb with danish state where he's just joking around with virat kohli about his horrible form and you know i i like virat kohli but you know i've just thought oh yeah he's is in a bad phase that's okay no biggie and i've not really watched him too much after i watched that and i saw him laugh at himself and you know say all that i was like man i i feel for the guy like i i don't necessarily think about it that way because i think he's a superstar and he's achieved a lot but yeah suddenly you you know sort of feel that way and i actually followed today's game just for that reason i was like oh i want to see him hopefully score some runs and it's it's weird because i somebody for somebody who doesn't follow teams or ipl in in a lot of detail it suddenly created that connection where i wanted to see somebody succeed and you're right if if a team handle can do that and show that uh you know vulnerability show the disappointment all those things that we as humans see every day or uh feel every day then it's just it's just so much easier to connect but with again them. just one uh, you know addendum to that is that there has to be that uh, inclination from the player side also to open up about it because he's not the yeah. only one out of form but uh, the reason the yeah. others are not doing is because the players a lot of players don't find it uh, important enough right they are like yaar hum hi cricket yeah. khelna hai why are we being made to do these things right so as a result of that this does not happen too often but of course virat kohli is virat kohli and he is a you know great judge of things and he has realized that okay this is something that he should open up about which will only make him more human so that's what that's why it has happened and that great that's exactly what i was telling that yeah we have that 
uh, handle over narratives. Uh, but again, it also requires cooperation from players, which certainly does not happen easily. No, absolutely. I uh, yeah. The, the the other aspect that you mentioned that if the team keeps losing, um, then sometimes there's like just not the atmosphere or not the mindset. And I had not even thought about that. Um, but I guess the one other piece that I'm very interested in is you recently shared that you've had the chance to work um, with in the Boost ad, which is featuring a number of young cricketers from Umran Malik to Yashasvi Jaswal. Um, the reason I loved it is growing up, I always saw that ad with Sachin and Sehwag. So it's wonderful to see instead of those ultra superstars, we have youngsters who are featured in that. Uh, but do tell us the story around it and how you were involved. Uh, I was involved as the cricket expert. So I was uh, asked to put together the list of young players who we should sort of, uh, you know, feature in our, because it's, it's that three minute film is just one part of it. Every single player has a one minute film. Right. So I was asked to first put put down the list of uh, players we should interview. And again, that list also went through a number of modifications and all. Uh, so and then research on them, like bring out those aspects of their lives, which are uh, worth telling. And for that, I had to interview all of them. So so, yeah, it was a great experience because you do not often get to interview these people at this stage of their career. And for me, I mean, I have, I know I, it would sound blasphemous, but I have very little interest in interviewing people like a Sachin Tendulkar or a Mahindra Singh Dhoni because they have been asked all that they can be asked, right? And if they have not opened up on certain aspects of their lives, there is no way I am going to get them to open up about it. So it is yeah. much more interesting to get people who have just started. They, they have that innocence. They do not have, you know, concern about, uh, you know, how the public will uh, interpret it or anything. So they are out there just telling their hearts out. And it's a beautiful experience. And especially because, you know, these are, they, these are people with such brilliant stories of struggle. And that's where, that, that's where I uh, jumped in in terms of preparing that list of players who we th- should go and approach and should feature in our ad. So had to look for people who had that certain bra- background where there was some sort of a handicap they had to overcome to uh, succeed. So, yeah, it was a great experience, especially because you see that, you know, generally we see young cricketers and they they come onto the big, uh, big field and we see how it changes them. We see them as superstars. We see, uh, you know, they have, they have developed an attitude and all of that. But, of course, those are just perceptions, right? Like, to, to destroy those uh, perceptions, you just need to sit down and talk with them and realize that, no, they are as much human as we are. They have worked very hard to be here, wherever they are, right? And, uh, and they have overcome a lot more uh, obstacles than we have wherever we have reached in our lives so it's it's inspirational it's absolutely inspirational to talk to these 18 to 23 year old you know that's the age range and the amount of things that they have faced the amount of hardships that they've gone through and to still be here to you know be playing with the biggest of names of world cricket you have to give it to them that you know it is their hard work that has brought them here so it was fantastic and I think I shared a video of uh, Tilak Verma like, only yesterday where 
he was talking about how from 2014 to 2017 he played with a single bat because his father did not have the money to uh, buy him a new bat his father works as an electrician it was at the age of 10 that uh, you know uh, uh, his coach took him under his tutelage and provided for everything everything for to sh- like see through his development and uh, the first person he called after the uh, you know auction was his coach and in in so many interviews right after the uh, uh, you know auction where he was picked for 1.7 cr by mumbai indians he says that aap meri mere bare mein likhe na likhe please mere coach ke bare mein zarur likhna even if you do not talk about me please do write about my coach so you realize that you know there you get to understand the stories that these are right like a son of a, a son of an electrician did not have the resources to begin with then got spotted by this coach who showed so much faith that he paid for everything for him and now you know see where he has reached so these are beautiful story arcs i am very happy to have stumbled upon them uh, you know in the process of doing this project for boost but uh, but yeah like i i i would love more uh, such interviews than with the superstars of the game because these are the ones that give me real stories absolutely i i feel like when when we listen to um, you know some of the established stars whether it's the kohlis or rohit sharmas or dhonis we see a very polished version of you know things and very sanitized uh, yeah exactly very sanitized and so we don't get to hear all the all the stories we want to hear and you know the wonderful perspective that you just shared with and it's um, uh, but again, Parma, like, for example i would not blame them for it also it's i mean it does not yeah. come from a place of you know like why are they not telling stories because once they've reached that position it's just about you know atilik verma is telling stories to 50 people his story will possibly go out to 50 people uh when you talk about a kohli or a dhoni like just multiply that with you know whatever number and the more number of people get hold of your story they will interpret it in their ways so after a certain mm-hmm. point these public figures they sort of uh, go a little into themselves and are not ready to open up a lot about their personal lives because they are not okay with so many people making interpretations of their own and then you know making an issue out of it so they go really conservative so not something i blame all these people for because again what's the point you know you are a cricketer you have worked so hard to develop your game and an on field an off field controversy for something you said it it just pointless mental harassment right so that's why the bigger these cricketers go the more they uh, go into a shell but uh, of course that that is detrimental to you know our efforts as storytellers but uh, surely as as young cricketers unpolished stories come from them and it's beautiful yeah there are so many amazing cricket stories that have come across just in this ipl you know you, we talked you talked about tilak verma but then i i read about kartikeya uh yeah. Mukesh Chaudhary, you know, a lot of these cricketers, kind of like similar backgrounds where they didn't have much, they had to make a lot of sacrifices, and then now they're here, where suddenly the opportunities seem limitless. So yeah, that that's just great. Um, but by the way, Mike, when when you mentioned the Boost ad, 
because talking about like certain images or things that stick in your head, like immediately my mind went to such and saying, boost is the secret of my energy. That's <laughs> 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 like stuck in my head now. Um, but I'm a, first of all, thank you so much for your time. I feel like we could just go on and on and talk about so many different things. We can just go in different directions and talk about a lot. Uh, but we have taken, you know, a lot of your time and we are very appreciative of that. Uh, but before we go, I, I do have almost like a fan request. Um, and this is only in case you have not done this already. You may have, and I may have missed it. Um, but talking about images with, you know, some stories behind them. Uh, my all-time favorite cricket photo, which also happens to be uh, the cover art of our <laughs> Twitter account uh, for the last wicket is the 1999 World Cup semifinal between Australia and South Africa, th- that run out. That image where Lance Klusner is running to the pavilion without even looking back and Alan Donald just looks disconsolate. The Australian team celebrating like pretty much like they won the World Cup. For me, as a, I was a huge South African cricket fan back then, and watching it live, I and I was very, very right. It was a very young, it's still new to cricket. I was, a, you know, huge, uh, hugely invested in uh, the South African team's efforts, and to this day, uh, that still haunts me whenever I think about that. Um, I don't know if you've ever done like any feature on that, like you know, like a story behind that photo, but. Uh, if you have not, uh, I hope uh, you do, because, uh, you know, talking about the human part of it all, talking about that, you know, the story behind the photo, I feel like that, especially for the South African team of that time, you know, they could have easily gone to win that World Cup and, you know, how could lives have been different, you know? Um, so anyway, uh, I, I really, I sincerely hope that you will... Uh, you want you know, stories from that game something. because you want stories from that game? Stories from that game or yeah, just even that run out. I mean, do like you have the time other... for it? Because I have a lot of stories from that game. <laughs> well, you could give us like one snippet and then we'll have you back yeah. for the rest. I'll just like, give a, like a few. Okay, let's figure out uh, how long can you tolerate. <laughs> but yeah, the most, okay. uh, like let's, let's start from the moment where it all happened and you know, like let's go backwards and the most beautiful thing was of course uh, Donald getting out uh, he was distraught and when he went back to the dressing room uh, like South African dressing room was like a you know graveyard but in you know in contrast to that the Australian dressing room everyone was so happy and all of that but uh, after all of that sort of settled down Steve Waugh and Glenn Megra came to came down to uh, South African dressing room. They came down with a couple of beers and sat down with Alan Donald and realizing that he would be extremely heartbroken at what had happened. They gave him that web talk that, listen, your job was not to win the match with the bat, but with the ball. And you did incredibly with the ball. He had taken, I guess, uh, four wickets or five wickets in that match, right? Three wickets. Pollock had taken five, if I remember correctly. So, sorry, four, four. Yeah, he had taken four wickets to restrict Australia to 213. So, that was his job. And, uh, you know, I find it a beautiful gesture, especially 
you know you talk about the australian team of the 90s and you see how ruthless they are but for especially uh, megra and steve war right such sledgers for them to come up and tell alan donald this it means so much and uh, now we'll go back slightly to the moment when the harakiri happened now uh, lance klusner of course zulu one of the greatest all rounders and everything but something that adam gilchrist points out in his uh, autobiography is that if you remember the match exactly before the uh, ball where the run out had happened one ball before it alan donald had run in direction of lance klusner and lance klusner had sent him back and he had to dive back and just missed the run out like somehow darren lehman's throw did not reach in time and he escaped and at that point adam gilchrist thought that dude we had that one chance and we blew it off right right but adam gilchrist also says that what you know lance klusner did wrong and that's possibly because a he was so good that he did not have to you know go down and have that talk with alan donald and b he was always so cool sometimes Uh, cool too cool for his own go- uh, good so he did not go up and have any conversation with alan donald after that which should have happened because there was a miscommunication so uh, lance klusner being the cool guy he said okay fine like you know and he <laughs> adam gilchrist says that instead of having a conversation there with uh, uh, alan donald he's asking the umpire how many balls are left and as if that matters because he only requires one run right so no matter how many balls are left it does not matter so but yeah that happened uh, they did not have a conversation and in the next delivery klusner ran donald did not so maybe that could have been avoided if if that had not happened but again that's the way the uh, this great man was lance klusner because uh, uh, he was so cool that you know as heartbroken as everyone was after this match in the dressing room he walks into the dressing room and the first thing he says is what has happened has someone died and everyone is like dude you know what has happened right so that's how cool he was but there's something uh, that lance klusner also says that you know puts in perspective as you said that the team was something which should have won the world cup easily because it was so brilliant in terms of talent on paper you know if you remember all the matches you see the pattern how many times lance klusner had to bail them out so klusner said that you know you can talk about how good that team was and how brilliant the tournament was for me but uh, if you look back for me to bail this team out again and again meant that we were flopping you know it should not have had come to that because we had the bowling resources we had the batting resources they sh- it should not have happened that a number 6 number 7 is bailing the team out again and again so that was great perspective for me but the most important and honestly the last point uh, is war and won we know that you know they had that fallout and uh, never two people who saw each other you know in eye to eye because of how different they were as personalities as characters So this is something that Darren Lehman writes in his uh, autobiography that the one match like you know they played South Africa twice right one where that boy you dropped the world cup apocryphal story happened uh, <laughs> Steve was scored 120 and then this uh, final and semi final again we always remember how things ended 
right so we remember how brilliant shane warn was because he was the man of the match in the final as well as the semi final but before that shane warn was going through a terrible run of form and uh, you know it was his mind was just not there so between these two matches of south africa uh, steve war took him to hyde park and there he had a heart to heart with him and he just told him that and of course with shane warn the troubles were never you know on field things it was so much that was going on off field so there shane warn and steve war had a heart to heart conversation where steve war just told him that you know you do what you love doing the most which is like giving it a big grip and forget everything else and uh, darren lehman says that it had a galvanizing effect on shane warn who of course we as we said that in the semi final and final he would go on to take four wickets in both the matches and turn the entire story and uh, one of the wickets that shane warn took was that of hansi kronia and if you know hansi kronia was a very good batsman against spin and he had specially like you know against shane warn he had done incredibly well throughout the 90s but in this match hansi kronia got out for a duck but the trouble was that uh, it was a shane warn delivery that hit him on the left boot the front boot and from there it went to the slip there was no edge involved remember that yeah and he got out for duck and jonty rods when he looks back at the match he says that was the turning point because you know like for the best player of spin to get out for zero and for shane want to get a wicket of uh, hansi kronia means that he was going to get even more lethal now so that changed everything that changed everything Well, thank you for that mini therapy session because uh, I, I guess <laughs> I guess I needed to relive it and you know realize that run out was not the only reason. This it was not the sole reason uh, for South Africa to exit. Uh, but I'm a thank you again. You know, all amazing anecdotes, amazing stories, and I can't wait to see how much you know what else you have in store for us. Not just through your tweets and your Facebook posts, but you're you're doing some amazing work. in other avenues too and i'm excited to you know learn more about it in the coming months uh but thank you so much for joining us today thank you so much for uh, you know allowing me to talk about my love for cricket and photos and yeah it's been an absolutely great conversation so i hope you guys enjoyed it i hope people who listen to it enjoy it as well thank you for listening to another episode of the last wicket This podcast is a Cricket Guys production featuring your hosts Benny, Mayank, Nish and Himanish. For more details, please visit thelastwicket.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, do let a friend know, rate and subscribe on your platform of choice. Follow us on your social media feeds and leave us a voice message if you would like to share your thoughts with us. Thank you again for listening and from all of us here at The Last Wicket, stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you.